Welcome, everybody, to episode number seven of the Better Boyd podcast. I'm TJ Morrison, and as always, I'm joined by Courtney Gillette and Justin Pruitt. And this week, we got a little extra, I uh, won't call him a guest, but our producer, audio, visual, content, creator, whatever millennial term <laughs> you want to give him, Zach Daniels is joining us today. How is everybody? Doing great. Doing good. <laughs> I don't think I would put that on a business card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be like the assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> little, little yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> uh, this week, we've decided that we're going to switch it up a little bit. Uh, most episodes start with us kind of giving you a uh, church bulletin, if you will, of um, events and things that we have been working on. And this week, we thought it'd be kind of cool to not necessarily interview each other, but maybe have a conversation and talk a little bit about how we got to this point of doing the podcast, um, how we got to this point in our roles, how we got here to begin with, uh, to kind of help understand kind of the thought process behind what we believe and what we're trying to accomplish. So to get us started, I think we're going to kind of start with Courtney and uh, she's kind of the low hanging fruit being the (laughs) one that's been away for about 10 years. Is that a short joke? Uh, yeah, yeah, Thanks but at lot. least if it's low hanging fruit, <laughs> she can reach it. So, um. for those listening, I'm I like to say I'm five one. I think it's just five feet. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us tower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, All right. right. So, Courtney, what was you know Nashville, Chattanooga, that whole area has kind of been in you know. Forbes magazine and Fortune magazine is kind of one of the up and coming areas of the United States. What would drive someone to want to leave there and come back home and try to find a path of uh, a new career? Um, well, for me personally, I, I do have family here. So my mom, grandparents, uh, my little brother is here, and I'd been away for 10 years. And I had mentioned this in last week's episode, too, so for anyone listening um, that listens consistently, I get the horn. <laughs> um, I don't know if that got picked up or not. Okay, anyways. Your stomach growling last week got picked up. Did it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it did not. It was loud. I oh, was, my yeah. gosh. I couldn't edit it out, and then you made a big deal about it. So and, I well, and I promise for the few people that listen to this, like we don't, <laughs> we don't record in a parking lot, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Calixburg. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, sorry, got distracted. Um, but yeah, so I, I do have family here, so that was definitely a pull. But um, I really just miss the area. You know, Nashville is super fun, but I think growing up in a smaller town, whenever I'd moved to Chattanooga after college, I mean, I felt like I was moving to New York, basically, <laughs> like looking back on it. That's how I felt like, oh, I'm moving to the big city of Chattanooga. And, um, you know, now looking back, comparing it to living in Nashville, too, is really funny. But it's just, you know, it's not for everyone. I had a lot of fun. I had some great experiences. Um, But and I think, too, it's just something that kind of happened with age. Like I, you know, getting older, I'm 29 now. Um, Nashville, they like to call it, um, never ever land or, you know, the adult playground where you don't really have to take anything too serious. You know, there's constant entertainment all the time. So, um, you know, going to a concert 
um, on a Tuesday and getting home at one o'clock in the morning, going to work the next day, it's like, that's what everyone's doing. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, And I just got, you know, like I said, I had a lot of fun, but I think I was just ready for a slower pace. And I remember telling my friends, like, you know, that when they're like, why are you moving? Like, it's amazing here. All of your friends are here. We love it. Um, And I did, but I was just ready for a slower pace. And then not to mention... Whenever I came back um, in September and I'm like, feel so cheesy, like this type of thing makes me cringe, but it's true. I came back, visited, and I could just tell that there was something different happening here. I could see the change coming about and I thought it was really exciting. And so um, I mentioned in last week's episode that this area is like an entrepreneur's playground and I wouldn't consider myself an entrepreneur by any means, but in this position, I've got a really unique opportunity um, to kind of bring some new things about. And so it's just kind of crazy how everything worked out with my move here. Well, on the opposite side of that, (laughs) Justin, (laughs) we talk about it on a few other episodes, but what, being the person that has committed to Boyd County for the last, well, your entire life. But yeah. as far as this, you've been working for the county for nearly 13 years. If not, I think it is 13 years. Yeah, it will be. Um, what drove you to stay here and, and not want to go to the big city? And we talk about all the time about 64 being a one-way ticket out for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, how did you resist that pull, so to speak? Well, I hate school. So that helps <laughs> start off on that. You know, um, there's a joke around here that I hate meetings. Um, I also hate school. It's the same thing to me. <laughs> Adult meetings is just classroom stuff to me. But no, I, I've just always loved it here. And I never had a desire to go anywhere else. Like I was happy with where I lived. I do like the slower pace of life. I like the calmness that it brings. I, you know, I've never had a desire to go to New York or Chicago or Boston. I'm sure those are cool places, but I I would never really, like, make a point to go and do that. I just – my family was always here. Um, my grandpa moved here from Tip City, Ohio. His family moved here, and he worked at AK and or at Armco then. And then my mom and dad graduated from Boyd County and had me, and then – we were just here like I did everything here and I I always make a joke that I was born in Boy County and I was raised in Boy County and hopefully someday a long time from now I'll die in Boy County it's just it's where I like to be it's just where I want it's just what I want to do um I did go to school I did say I hate school but I did <laughs> go to school I went to ACTC for a year um did the electrical program it was fine um not to talk bad about the school but I'm very thankful that Larry Ferguson is the dean now. Um, the technical school was very new at the time, so it was it was different. Like, they were trying to find people to teach classes. Well, actually, it was a lot of contractors. A lot of people that I've worked with now were, like, teachers at the college at one time and did that for a year, but I was working for the county through the summer, and then I got offered a full-time position. I said, you know what, I'm going to take it. I like making the money. I like having the weekends off you know there's there's perks at the county you know the 
the saying was you'll never get rich but you'll never be hungry and you'll enjoy the time off when you have it and I like that and once I kind of got into working for the county and seeing how it actually operates and I'm one of the few people probably I would say probably the only person here that's worked in every department I've seen everything and it's it's exciting now to be in the position that I'm in um I was persistent I guess and just kept my head down for years and when Eric or Judge Cheney, I call him Eric because I've known him since I was five, but <laughs> when he come in, you know, he he gave me a chim and TJ talked and they gave me a chance. And it's fun now to be where I'm at because I kind of get to be on the other side. You know, I, you will, I had a humbling experience this weekend. You know, I'm still cleaning the bathrooms at the center sometimes, but now to be able to kind of manage it and kind of have a vision for it, it's, it's exciting. You know, I just I always believed in what, Boy County could be, and I'm hoping that with my help and everybody in this room's help that we can get it to where we want it to go. Mm-hmm. So I just, like I said, I just never wanted to go anywhere. I just, I like it here. That's about as simple as it gets. I just like it here. It's a good place to be. Yeah. I also said last week, too, that I had visited Nashville again <clears throat> recently, and just the entire time that I was there, I was just like, I'm just, I really am so over well, it and it's, it's excited changed. to be back home. You know, it, Nashville's changed. Yeah. Because I would go there every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 19, and me and my buddy Biggs, shout out to Biggs, we went to uh, <laughs> we went to the Opryland Hotel. And it was interesting because um, he had somebody there that got us a hookup. So we got this suite. It's this pretty cool place. I was 19. They didn't ID me. <laughs> so, but, you know, I've had a beard since I was 10. So <laughs> I would... Uh, We'd go to the Jack Daniels Saloon and hang out, and they were like, y'all here to eat or drink? And I'm like, well, whatever I can get away with. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody would ever say anything. But uh, every year we would go, and every year I would like it less. Yeah. And it's it's a totally different ballgame now. I went to college there. Yeah. 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 Um, And, you know, which is... Which has been a while. Then you know, my wife's family's all rooted there, right? Uh, and you know, my family and and we we've got a lot of folks there. But I heard a statistic recently when I was down there because every time I'm there, traffic is so much different than what it was mm-hmm. when I was in college there. Yeah. And that and that's not like 20 years ago or anything. It wasn't that long ago, you know, 10 years or whatever. Yeah. But uh, I heard that it's like a thousand people a day mm-hmm. are moving to Nashville. Well, I work in the apartment industry. For five yeah. years. So I did mm-hmm. that. I worked at a like a mid-rise apartment complex downtown in Nashville. And I mean, it was just constant, nonstop. Like, I feel like I was never, I was always showing, like, just, it was hard to keep up with leads of people coming through because it was just so many people moving and it's it's bachelorette party central too. oh and that is just like it's honestly a nightmare that and the scooters everyone (laughs) oh it was like if you lived in nashville you hated the scooters and honestly like they were scary i mean i'd seen more than once people like unconscious passed out on the sidewalk from a scooter because mm-hmm. they were drunk driving around and like wow. wrecked the scooter. And <laughs> I've seen them parked in the middle of the street. Oh yeah, Louisville knocked over. Times. And it's yeah, they were just obnoxious. It was meant to be cool, but then every company wanted to bring their scooter to Nashville. There were like I think ten at one point. So um, there's this place in Nashville. It's called the Station Inn. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I'm a big music guy. I've played music for years, and it's like some of the greatest people that's ever played music 
show up at this little, mm-hmm. basically it's a VFW hall. Yeah. I mean, it's very small. Yeah. In the gulch. Yeah. Tiny. And <laughs> every year, me and him would go, and you never knew who was going to be there. There was one time Chris Stapleton was there. Jason Isbell played with John Prine there like two years ago. Oh, this cool. place doesn't hold, what, 200 people? Maybe. It's tiny. Yeah. They sell beer, popcorn, pizza. (laughs) And every year we would go, there would be more condos built around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's to the point now where it's like by itself. And that whole section of Nashville is all condos. It's all completely different. So it's just, I don't know. I would probably go back. But it's it's you got to have to look at it differently. It's not the same. And the first time I went was 2009. So it's changed that much. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I made a comment last week and we I don't we don't have to talk about Nashville forever, but I'd said at the end of the podcast like, "Oh, we should take a trip to Chattanooga." Um, cuz I could see these little parts of our area being like what I remember of Chattanooga and Nashville, but not at all because I want us to get to that point yeah, ever I, one day, but it's just inspiration. They have they do have some really cute yeah. neighborhoods too. Yeah, I don't think but, I don't think Nashville's the goal for, no. for Boyd County. <laughs> Probably no. don't. I don't think that's the goal. I, I love little small towns yeah. around the country, and I think we can be that. I mean, I think we are that. We're a little bit bigger, though. Yeah. You know, when you got your city name on the interstate sign coming from Lexington, you're, you're a little bit bigger than <laughs> Yeah, you're a little bit bigger than you know? a few. Yeah. But, I don't know. Camden, Kentucky's on a sign. Yeah, that's so true. That's, that's, that's true. true. That's true. That's true. But I think this conversation, though, I think, I think us talking about Nashville, though, I mean, three of the four of us here have ties there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And three of the four of us here who have had ties like that, we, we're not living there now. Right. Yeah. We chose to be here mm-hmm. um, when we could have had the opportunity. Pruitt, uh, you you never lived there, but if you wanted to, you could have up and gone sure. there. TJ, Absolutely. at some point in your life, you could have wound up down there. Oh, I went uh, to Nashville. I went, there was a time when I was a kid. We were going every year. My dad yeah. lived there before him, him and my mom got married back in the 80s. Uh, he worked for Modern Foods down there. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I went throughout college for SEC tournaments and yeah, just, Kentucky you know, played there in the football tournament several years in a row, didn't they? Yeah, uh, we were the bowl game. Yeah. yeah, but the basketball tournament, you know, they take over Bridgestone and oh, it's yeah. essentially a, a home game well, for Kentucky. There's always a bar that becomes the Kentucky bar, and they fly the Kentucky flag. Yeah, um, it's I can't remember which one that was. It's, called. I mean, it is a great town. I, I've always loved going down there. A friend got married there a couple years ago, and we went to. Um, it's a little town right outside. I can't think of the name of it. Um, I mean, we were being 30 minutes from it, 20, 25, 30 minutes from it was was neat, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I just never, no, I never had the draw to move there. Right. I think uh, it's interesting sitting there listening, like, Courtney went away. She was basically gone for 10 years. Yeah. I never went anywhere. I stayed right here. And then you're kind of a hybrid. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of interesting, the dynamic. So, TJ, it's your turn. You talk about, <laughs> just talk about you, man. Yeah. Talk about what you did and where you've been and where you're going. So I, I had a unique opportunity the first year out of high school. Actually, I didn't go and I didn't take college classes um, tra- in a traditional sense. I had a couple online classes and a couple through ACTC. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually was uh, a state FFA officer um, and... Basically, the FFA used to be was only farmers, and in the late '80s, it kind of transformed itself into the premier high school leadership yeah. uh, organization. And I, I grew up in uh, Cedar Knoll, like I told you all last week, or Cansburg Heights, as yeah. some people would say. <laughs> um, and so I, I didn't live on a farm. I worked on a few, 
uh, family that had farms, but I really attached on to the leadership aspect of it. So the first year out of high school, I traveled the entire state of Kentucky teaching leadership workshops to high school students. And why was that? Uh, because what were you? I was an FFA state officer. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You did mention that. Did I not no, say that? I don't think oh, so. I'm sorry. I was an FFA <laughs> state officer. So... Um, did you have the blue corduroy jacket? Yep, he did. I had the full thing. I awesome. was there when he um, when he came on when he got elected, yep. and I got to have the the chain. You know, if you were in FFA when you're in high school, you have the pins on your jacket. But when you get your state degree, you get the chain. It hangs kind of underneath of the jacket. So that was a big funny thing. Do your chain hang low? Yep. <laughs> and I actually, I've actually received my American degree through the FFA, which is the the FFA's equivalent of like the Eagle Scout. Um, so uh, only I think fifteen percent of yeah. all FFA members ever achieve it. Yeah, they mostly bow out after I got my stage, and then I was. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, and it's usually the reason for that is is because the collegiate FFA isn't really as strong as they want it to be, right. and unless you're a state officer or a national officer, um, you don't you don't really you're not really presented with the right. opportunity to do it. But um, anyway, so after that. Um, I enjoyed the year. I loved it and tried to do a few other different things that just didn't work out. But I'd always wanted to go to UK. I grew up with my grandfather watching uh, UK basketball games. And uh, I was just always, you know, that was the premier school, at least in my mind. And uh, there was no Ivy Leagues when I was growing up. It was UK or bust. (laughs) And... um, it's so funny. I remember the like the day that I. It's so I remember the day that I said I was going to go to UK, and I think it was in '98 when we played Utah. I think it was the year we won the championship. I might be off on that. Some hardcore right. UK fan will probably correct me on that. But that was the day that I saw us and uh, playing Utah, and mm-hmm. I was like, I want to go to school there. Yeah, and that was before I really realized that it was an hour away, hour and a half. So anyway, I went to. Lexington, I lived in Lexington for four years, and um, it's weird because even to this day, I absolutely love Lexington. Yeah. I think it is the perfect hybrid um, between big city and small town. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I've been to several concerts in Rupp, and Justin, you have too, oh, yeah. and you've probably heard, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard a, a lead singer say, Lexington is like the biggest small town in America, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I love that feeling about yeah. it. So anyway, after I graduated college, I had been in, dabbled in politics, and I'd been, I was offered two paths to go work for a gubernatorial campaign or to go into the private sector. And um, I went in the private sector, and I worked up in West Virginia really for about three years, um, kind of always based in, Boy, in kind of Boyd County, but I left every day right. and didn't come home until night, and I didn't do a whole lot because I was – a lot of commuting and um then that led me because i was always had in the back of my mind why didn't i go into politics full time that's what led me back to frankfurt <laughs> so right. for two years i worked in frankfurt and uh living here living here yeah a lot of people have a hard time believing that of course i, I think i do too retrospectively <laughs> but i drove each way two hours every day uh, a lot of monsters Uh, A lot of five-hour energies. But uh, so, yeah, I was in the car for four hours a day. and uh, But I was passionate about what I was doing and wanted to to live that life, and and I did. And got to the end of it, and it was 
one of the things that kept was resounding throughout my experience in Frankfurt or even when I was in the private sector of college was I, I was sick and tired of stereotypes of Eastern Kentucky, and I was sick and tired of us being stagnant. And it felt like it didn't matter who was elected to office, it didn't matter what party, didn't all that. It was we just we spun our wheels. And it was filled with people for a year talking about all these plans and how they were going to be different. And then when they got into office, the first thing they would do is be absolutely 110% exactly like the person that they took the position of. And I knew that that wasn't the only way to change your community, but it's really got to be the catalyst usually. And so um, just happened to be involved with... uh, Judge Cheney, mm-hmm. he told his story on our first episode of how mm-hmm. me and him got. Of course, we grew up together, similar, just like me and Justin did. Um, but when we got together, yep. But when we got to college or after high school, we all separated ways, and um, you know, we'd see each other at Rosie's or something every now and yeah. then. Oh, rest, yeah, rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> and so, anyway, when we got tied back up and everything, so he we kind of like ran parallel paths like I was doing professional politics and then he was um, running for office and kind of shaping his vision of what he saw our community to be so it was kind of funny as you know they always talk uh, they always talk about you know railroad tracks that may they may verge somewhere down the line but you never see them well we kind of came to that point in November of 2018 where our parallel paths finally touched and um, when you work in the political realm, after an election, you usually have about two weeks, and then you're let go because your job's done. Um, because you run on donations, there is no, right. <laughs> there's no product that you're selling. Yeah. Uh, Once like, elections happen, it's done. Yeah, you're out. Win or lose. Win or lose. Does, yeah. So um, I was without a job, which is was totally expected and normal, and um, I had a couple offers from other people in Frankfurt, but it would have put me full-time in state government. It would have, yeah. I would have left the political realm and actually went into, um, I think it was actually the legislative yeah. branches were all mine. Do anyway. You th- do you think you would have had to move? Absolutely. Okay. 110%. Um, and to be honest, like to 100% honest, is the reason that we didn't move with the first job, and I drove the two hours each way, was it was $800 a month in child care cost. Uh, wow. If we were to move, because I didn't have two that kids. gas, I didn't. Even, yeah, I didn't even get close to that. <laughs> right. Gas. And, um, and to back up, when you were driving that to Frankfurt every day, you had a wife and two kids at home. Correct. Yeah, yeah. and that was soccer games and baseball games and softball games and yeah. So, um, but with this job, I knew the salary would be different structured, so I knew I could afford to move. So yeah. I was going to have to absolutely move. Right. And um, actually, the day before I got the the big offer that I've been waiting on, uh, Judge Cheney had called me and asked me to come and and do this role. And so it was actually the next day when I got called by someone in state government that I'd always wanted to get a call from. I had to tell him no. And the reason I told him no was pretty simple, was... 
I was so sick and tired, and I kind of started to touch on this earlier and got off on a different path, but I, I was so sick and tired of hearing through college, through the private sector, through professional politics that you need to move away, make money, as much money as possible, get to be about 40, 50 years old, maybe older, move back, and then make your change because you're not going to do anything without money. And I just felt like that was nonsense. Just always brooded down that I didn't believe that. So when the opportunity was presented to me through with Judge Cheney winning his election um, in a resounding f- manner, like it wasn't, it wasn't a close election. No, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't a Parks and Rec situation, you know, <laughs> Ice Town. But yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, a large margin of people were had bought in. So I felt like it was a good opportunity to come home. And if nothing else, if we failed, then I tried. Because I can, right. you can, you brought up Nashville. Nashville's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Lexington's yeah. always going to yeah. be there. Yep. Frankfurt, Frankfurt, the all. I mean, politics. It doesn't matter. All those things are always going to be there. Mm-hmm. This opportunity to try to change our community isn't always going to be there. Well, I remember when that election was coming up, like being here in the county, working in the government, knowing what really, truly, what's going on. Like, people would ask me. You know, I got a lot of those friends that's like, I don't pay attention to anything, so whoever you say to vote for, that's who I'm going to vote for. It's kind of interesting, so. I can I, relate. I got like 12 votes for one vote, you know what I mean? But I, uh, people asked me, and I was like, I just feel like we're getting ready to change. We're going to do a different direction. I think Eric's got something that people, the rest of them don't. And I feel like this is going to be, I think the community as a whole is ready to try something new, you know, I think that's not to get into federal politics, but I think that was a lot of the reasons why Trump won. I think, hey, we're just gonna throw a bomb out and see what happens. And I think it was a little bit more, a little different with Eric because <laughs> of his personality. But I think people were ready, and you know, ones that don't know, it's like when that election happened, everybody got voted out. Yeah, I mean, that was the first time, and I can't tell you how long where it was a new judge and all new commissioners. Well, this is, I'll tell you what, on that note, this is what I love about this platform. And I never thought of it this way until this weekend. Um, I listen to a, a ton of podcasts yeah. we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys that I listen to is Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm-hmm. Very unique uh, take on business. He, You know, you have a lot of self-help guys. Yeah. And Gary V just doesn't really play that game. He's like, you have no excuse. Get off the ground and do it yourself kind of thing. And one of the things he talked about was he, this guy puts out on average five Instagram posts a day between four and 13 tweets. And I don't even know how much he puts on YouTube and other videos. And he was asked why. And he was like, well, he said, there's obviously a, a business benefit to it. But the thing that I like about it is in 200 years, if my eight great grandson wants to see what I was doing, it's all here. This has all been recorded. It's all content. It's all archived. That's exactly what we're doing here. And two, we talk about all the time, two years. Mm -hmm. If Eric doesn't run or if he gets beat, we're out. But there is no one that can doubt the direction we were trying to push because we're sitting here recording it right now. Yeah, and I, I think that, I mean, 
sure, they may come off the bus or whatever, but I think he's done a great job. Mm -hmm. And I think most of the community feels that way. You're going to have your political party stuff, whatever. But I think the majority are are tickled. You know, (laughs) he doesn't get to hear that, unfortunately. I wish he did more. I, I do. I get to hear it a lot because I'm out in the community. Mm-hmm. So when we're doing movie nights and we're doing hay rides and we're doing fall events and we're doing whatever we're doing, people are like, I mean, just even the convention center, even that change, people are like, man, I'm glad to see this thing getting used. Y'all really doing some cool stuff. You know, I hear that all the time. So, yeah. and I think it's important that we, we keep on that path. You know, I, I think he's done a great job. Like I said, and I think the commissioners have too for letting, you know, for believing in the vision, you know, mm-hmm. for taking a chance on a young guy. Because that's what all everybody said about when he was running. I know TJ heard all that. Ah, he's too young to do that. Why? He's 28. He's been working his entire adult life. I mean, he's he's as capable as anybody. So, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I we yeah, I'm definitely biased, but I've also been around a lot of people. Yeah. And I've been around, fortunate enough to be around a lot of political leaders, not just locally. But on the state and federal level, I shared something today on my personal Facebook of eight years ago. I was working the vice presidential debate Mm -hmm. and um, Joe Biden was there eight years ago. And Paul Ryan was his opponent. And and that debate happened in Danville, Kentucky. And, you know, as I was scrolling through looking at the pictures, you know, of all your talking heads from, you know, different news news organizations that I took pictures with Mm -hmm. and. Leaders I got to meet that night and all these different things. And then I started reflecting on all the people I've met throughout state government. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great people in both of those, a lot more than they get credit for. But the reason that I chucked the whole millennial careerism thing in the bucket to come back home and not just work for Judge Cheney, but to you know, and this isn't a pity party, it's just facts to get constantly beat up in the process of doing it. Right. Is Eric is maybe the first one that I've ever believed. Yeah. And when I say that, there it doesn't mean that there's not great people that want to better their community, because there are. And a lot of them are friends, and I hope that that doesn't step on any of their toes. But when Eric, Judge Cheney, says that he wants to do something and he doesn't care if he gets reelected, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. He truly means it. And I've heard that from other people, but we always did the thing that would get you reelected. Right. Because that was as far as that point went, was mm-hmm. just at the end of that conversation. Yeah. But what Eric does is he just does the right thing. Yeah. It's like there's a Democrat right now sitting in as interim clerk. Yeah. Not a Republican. Right. When everybody expected it to be right, a Republican. But it was somebody that worked in his office that he knew could do, that he could felt could do the job, mm-hmm. tackle the the issues of transitioning to a full fee pulling office, yeah. and to be able to transition to whoever wins because we don't know who's going to win mm-hmm. in three weeks. Um, that wasn't a political move. No, she was, worked in that office for eighteen years. Yep. She'd worked in the judge's office for five. It's no brainer. She. Kind of like me, had worked in every department in the clerk's office. Yep. She knew it upside down and backwards. So I think she's done a good job. And I do think that was the right move. 
Right. Well, yeah. we talked last week, and I think the week before last, or maybe I'm getting it mixed up. But either way, we talked about Kenny Messer. Yeah. And the work that he's done in this in this community, and Eric calls him every time one of these projects comes up and is like, "I need you." Mm-hmm. And we're we're sure to give him the credit. Like it's not. Yeah. Those are not things that are normal. No. Like I hope they should be. Should. <laughs> but I hope people understand those are not things that are normal when you, and especially in our hyper partisan mm-hmm. world. And that's on both sides. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Judge Cheney does a really good job at bringing people along with him. Yes. It, I mean he's in this, he kind of reminds me of Forrest Gump when he goes on the cross-country run. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people jump in and, you know, and, and want to get on board. And he's like, come on. You know what I mean? And, yeah. like, you know, when you watch that scene, by the end of it, there's all these people going. Yeah. And they're with him. Yeah, all the way. And but then he gets tired. And then he gets tired. You know? I'll go, and, and, <laughs> I'll go home now. I think I'm going to go home now. Yeah. Funny, funny story about that. Tom Hanks actually paid for that scene, that whole segment out of his pocket. Yeah. Because the studio didn't want to pay for it. Really? Just so you know. Yeah. yeah. I know you appreciate that. I did appreciate I read that. About, I read an article about that That's last awesome. week. But ju- back to Judge Cheney, though, uh, you know, what I've seen with him, what is really cool, and this is not just to puff, puff him up uh, or anything like that, but what is, what is great is you see him have conversations with somebody. And and you see him listen to somebody, and they say something that he's like, "Hey, that's a great idea. Let's let's sit down. Let's let's explore that a little bit more." And he does a great job doing that and looking for people who may not have a voice. There's a lot of people in in our county right now, whether it's through the tourism board or some of the different uh, areas of leadership who are leading right now, because Eric gave him an opportunity, yep. and and he saw the potential that they brought to the table and realized. It's not going to hurt anything to let this person try to dream a little bit and and let this person maybe have a little bit of a voice or speak into something we're doing. And he's done a great job at that. And I think in leadership in general, I think this is what separates a true leader from somebody that thinks they're a leader mm-hmm. because a true leader will, will bring everybody around them up right. and, and establish a level of uh, an expectation of excellence, an expectation of, listen, I'm not going to expect you to work uh, harder than me. I'm not going to let you outwork me. Right. And, right. you know, we see that out of Judge Cheney. Yeah. Uh, he's probably the hardest working person in the county. Right. Probably the state. <laughs> yeah. Like, probably, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I do not say that lightly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've never seen a guy, you know, that works like that. And it's funny, it's everybody talking about the campaign, you know, a lot of people talked about, him with having the second job at yeah. Marathon. And uh, I promise you, I know that because I was one of them. And the reason is, is because it doesn't make sense. You can't fathom someone who cares enough about their community more than their self to leave a job at 6 a.m. and come to the courthouse and sleep on a couch that's about two foot wide <laughs> for two hours and wake up and hit it all day long mm-hmm. and then go back to the marathon and do it all over again the mm-hmm. next day. Nope. I said that that wouldn't work because I didn't think he could do it, and I was wrong. He does it, and nobody outworks the man, and it's 24-7. Um, I can't tell you how many times, and Justin can relate to this, and you you can relate to this for other projects. I mean, one o'clock we're on a conference call talking about projects in the mm-hmm. morning. One o'clock in the morning, 
because it never stops. Mm-hmm. It's just constant, and that's the reason. I think that that's we're going to possibly get done more in four years, and some have gotten eight, maybe some have gotten twelve. And you have to learn how to adjust yes. to that. I come from a world where I clocked in at seven. And at 3.30, I clocked out, mm-hmm. and I never knew this place existed until I got back. And just from my experience, like, you can't really turn it off. One, I'm passionate about it, and we all are passionate about it, about what we're doing. But how can I expect to get tired and want a break when he just never quits? Yeah. And right. But he will never make you do something that he wouldn't do himself. Exactly. And I think that's what separates him with a lot of people and we can kind of transition here you said something zach like eric takes you along for the journey well along a lot of the reasons that we get to see the journey is because of the work that you do so i know you weren't planning on probably talking about yourself but you got a microphone in front of you so (laughs) so talk about you know let's hear from you about what you do and how because you got a pretty interesting life, I'll say, I from talking very, to you. I have a very so interesting life. You saw a you saw a lot of stuff that a lot of people haven't, so yeah. the floor's yours. Uh what do you want me what do you want to pick up at? Just, we're I don't know. Start at college. I won't make you start third grade. A third grade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I graduated. I'm I'm the oldest person in the room here. Thirty four, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Almost thirty five. Um but uh I graduated from Boyd County, grew up here. All my mom's family, dad's family, they're all close by. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife and I, we just moved uh, out of a house, and we moved like three miles down the road and essentially moved from being, you know, a mile from one side of my grandparents to now I can look out my window in my living room and see my grandfather on the other side of the family, yeah. like down the hill. <laughs> right. Like, so, I mean, we, we're close by and we're rooted here. Uh, but after high school, uh, I moved off to college, uh, to Nashville and spent four years there. Um, met my wife there and then, uh, I graduated before she did. Uh, we got engaged, uh, and then we moved to Columbus, Ohio, spent four years, Working there uh, in the church world, um, doing production uh, music. I was a worship pastor, and then that became a creative arts pastor role, running a media team, um, you know, basically sitting in a room with a bunch of creatives, figuring out what we were producing, what kind of content we are putting out, had a whole studio, green screen lights, all that kind of stuff. Uh, left there, went to Oklahoma to work for a big church, and then also then went from there to New Mexico, helped launch a church, and then back to Texas. Spent about a year in Texas, and then we felt like we wanted to move back here. Um, the most interesting part of that was, you know, I was working in the church world, wanting to continue to do music, continue to to do creative. And we were living in Texas and Houston at the time where my wife's family's from. And we kind of had the opportunity to go everywhere or to go anywhere. And so uh, I was teamed up with a headhunting company that that's what they did is they helped place people with churches. And uh, they basically put my resume out there and and a few weeks went by and they said, okay, uh, we've got some contacts for you. They're going to reach out to you. And we ended up having a month straight of, of traveling every weekend, basically going somewhere. One weekend we were uh, in East Texas. The next weekend we were in San Francisco, California. The next weekend we were in Chicago. The next weekend we were in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. <laughs> and uh, like every weekend we were going somewhere, a different church, meeting with people. And, and there were great opportunities that were, that were presented. Mm-hmm. Um, but each one, it just seemed like uh, I kept 
After the first one, I had a little bit of a, of a tug back to our community back here, which I never thought would happen. And then I would say not. And then the second one, you know, I mean, we're in San Francisco, California, yeah. and it's beautiful. The weather's great. And, uh, you know, we're hanging out with some awesome people. And I kept thinking about this community back here. And then the next week, it just kind of kept, you know, happening. And if you're a person of faith, you know, maybe it was the Lord talking to you. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, felt called back here. So we came back. We felt like to move back here. And we moved back here and decided to start uh the idea of planning a church. And so we planted a small little church. We're about three and a half years in still up and running. We're still on uh, a full uh, video each and every week because we have a really, really small room. Right. And so it's hard to socially distance in there. And, and so we're trying to play it safe and be cautious. But, um, and I moved back here and, and really got involved doing some video work just promoting the church. I hadn't really been doing video stuff. I didn't have a lot of camera gear at the time. And um, I had done a few things promoting the church. Uh, the next thing that happened was Jesse, uh, Jessica Atkins, mm-hmm. uh, who owns Black Horse and owns Diamond Links. She was having an event, and they were doing a basically a fake wedding out at the golf course, and she asked if I'd come do some video for them. And I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm going to go film a fake bride and a fake groom. Yeah. And so I went out there and did that a little bit, and I hadn't done that kind of stuff in a long time. And um, I started getting a ton of feedback on my video work. And, you know, I knew I was still passionate about, you know, launching the church, and that's what we're still doing to this day. Yeah. But it opened the opportunity to, to meet with, with folks like Eric Cheney at the time, who, you know, I sat down across from him at Moe's, and he told me his vision for running, for wanting to be judge executive, and his vision for the county. And my first question was, this sounds great. What's a judge executive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people outside of Kentucky have no yeah, idea Yeah, we get asked that question. And so uh, we, we, we got this plan together to do our to do uh, a first video with him, and we did the first one that we put Put out. It was it was a year before the the general election. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was like the November before. Yeah, it was and, like his announcement. And we, I met up with him one morning because we had the idea for this video, and it, and it was going to require us shooting before the sun came up to catch mm-hmm. the sun com- coming up. And and I met up with this guy who I didn't know that well. Yeah. Met him up at his house, drinking coffee at four thirty, I think is what time it was. And we started filming this thing in his living room, and we jumped in his truck and drove around, and we caught the sun coming up. And I remember um, there's this one particular shot in that video, and I've used it a couple times, where we were right here, um, coming up by the ball fields, and then kind of making our way down 23 down Calixburg and the sun was coming up and you see the the houses and the sun coming through Mm -hmm. and it was me just like shooting the camera out the passenger side window but in that moment there was this feeling when I watched that shot that that feeling was just like hey this there's a new day happening there's you know this is the dawn of something great and and I started to sense this dude is serious he knows what's going on and I remember getting back to his house and and thinking, he's like, well, it's going to take you two weeks to edit. I was like, well, what, what's your schedule look like? Well, I'm just hanging out. I'm like, okay, this is this, this my this my judge training pressure. <laughs> and, like, and so we, we ended up sitting down at his kitchen table, and I edited that video right then and there and popped it out to him, and, and he was tickled to death mm-hmm. and wanted to get it out as soon as we could. So that, that created an opportunity to start working a little bit with him, and then... I'm sorry, this is going longer than what I no, expected. No, um, we're just on time. <laughs> but but I remember I remember thinking though I remember thinking this guy is up to something good. Yeah, and he's got and and this is going to happen. And so over the next year, we we worked together on some other content mm-hmm. pieces, and it connected me with some other local um, candidates running for some races, and started some work with them, and some businesses doing some projects for them. And and so uh, you know, fast forward two years later, it's you know. 
my my part time video work gig has uh, become kind of a big deal, and, and you know sometimes it feels like I'm burning the candle at both ends. But yeah. you know we're still keeping the church going, ministry stuff's going well. Um, just trying to navigate what this looks like right now. But but you know right now I've got several local uh, candidates on both sides of the aisle that are mm-hmm. that are running for political office that we're putting out content for. There's some mm-hmm. businesses I'm working with. I got a meeting today with another great local business that 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 needs some help with some content, and um, you know and it's keeping me rather busy. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Not to mention all the stuff that you're doing with tourism as well. Yes. yes. Oh, you know, yeah. And promoting then, the county. And now we're doing that with tourism. Yeah. So mm-hmm. a lot of things with Courtney. I've got a meeting with her afterwards today, of course, because she texted me early this morning and says, i got some projects <laughs> put on the docket. So we got some good stuff happening there. But, you know, it's fun. It's fun being on this side of it to, yeah. to, to see – to see uh, these events happening, um, being on the inside, knowing what's being planned, but then also showing up to these events. Yeah. Um, you know, the movie night, we, you know, put out the little video from the mm-hmm. first movie night. I was out of town this last week, yeah. but it was just great to see the excitement. And, mm-hmm. and I got to go around, you know, with my mask on, yeah. of course, talking to people who were sitting in the back of their trucks saying, you know, what do you think about this? This is just awesome. This is great. <laughs> and we're doing five weeks of this. Um, it, well, was, it was incredible. Well, the couple you met from Connecticut that moved here. You know, I, I yeah. Went, after you told oh, I didn't me, know about that. Yeah, he told me about it, and I went and made a point to go say hello to him. Like they were new to the area. Yeah, yeah, right, they had just moved down. They they didn't know that we were doing five movies, so they were sitting in like an avalanche in the back in their lawn chairs with blankets over them. And I introduced myself and told him who I was and about the center and about the county and thanked him for coming to our moving to our area. Oh, that's great. Um, I didn't ask him why. Mm-hmm. Literally none of my business, I don't guess. But, um, I told him, I said, we're doing this every week. And I think Zach had told him that, too. And she's like, oh, yeah, we got our tickets. And they've been there every week. Yeah. And, oh, that's uh, awesome. Point them out to me next time. Yeah, I will. I definitely will. I mean, there are literally people like that who we don't know exactly why they moved here. Um, but they're here, and from the understanding, I, you know, I got was they they don't they're not here because they have family or anything right. like that. It's work related, mm-hmm. so they are you know they feel like fish out of water, and they're just wanting to get involved in a community, and they're they're bragging on. We love seeing, you know, what they're doing here, especially right. in the time of of COVID. I mean this. Yeah. This year has shaken up kind of everything that you had planned. You, you started tourism, you know, back at the beginning of the year, and then you had about two months of getting some great events planned, and they've all been canceled since then, right. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. And so it's been an interesting year. <laughs> well, it's a new role that you'd never had experience yeah. in before, yeah. and so I'm, you know, forever grateful that everyone on my board believes in me and, and chose me to do the position, but. Yeah, it's been interesting. Well, you're literally trying to <laughs> make something out of nothing. And yeah. to back up about the movie nights, yeah, we did. A, Zach did a cool little spot with with Eric, welcoming everybody to the movie nights. Just mm-hmm. a little shot here in the courtroom, and uh, that went over really well because, especially for the people from Connecticut, they didn't know who their judge executive was. They didn't right. probably know what a judge executive was. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Right. So. When his face pops up on the screen, welcoming welcoming everybody to the movie night, like little stuff like that goes such a long way. And I think, you know, to touch on with all the digital content that gets put out, that was always the disconnect here. I told TJ when I we first started working together here last year, he was kind of shocked. But February of 2019 was the first time I ever been to a court meeting. Yep. And I've been working here since June of 08. <laughs> Somebody that even works for the county. Because I always did them at 10 o'clock in the morning, and they always did them 
you know, closed up, all the doors shut and locked, and you had no access. You didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. I think now, if you want to know what's going on, one, you can ask, or two, just open your eyes, really, because right. it's out there. Yeah, I had no idea. It's, well, yeah. Oh, oh go ahead. Go. No, I'm just saying, you guys have worked in government, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And, and coming in and have not been in yeah. this setting. Well, your first court meeting was fun. Ever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and I had people from Tennessee watching. I don't know if we should all go into this. <laughs> no, but probably not. But. I was like, y'all, you would not believe, like, what's going on. Tune in. <laughs> well, actually, on that note, I think that that's, that's actually, <laughs> it's funny that you said that. And regardless of what the topic was and what was going on, <laughs> people from Chattanooga, Tennessee, mm-hmm. Could watch the court meeting in Boy County, Kentucky. <laughs> County. That's right, and that's the thing that I keep taking away from it. And it, I mean, it is easy to get discouraged and get downtrodden with everything that you know the negativity brings up on Facebook. But like, you're turning a convention center that was actually a community center up until a year ago into the most profitable that it's ever been. To a point where it's being upgraded, it's providing a venue to people in this community that, just to be frank, as somebody that used to do it for a living in fundraising, that venue would cost three or four grand oh, yeah. if it was in Lexington. Yeah. And we're offering it for $500 mm-hmm. with flat screen Great. TVs and twinkle lights and draping. That was a building that some of our predecessors literally were quoted in the minutes of meetings that I've read saying we don't want it to make money. Right. They want to try to sell it. If they if it wasn't made if it wasn't paid for with federal grant money, they would have sold it. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that's that's so that's one thing. Mm-hmm. It took about um, 4 seconds for us to decide that we were going to live stream court meetings. Yeah. Uh, it, the conversation it, was Eric, I think we should Live stream court meetings. Okay. Call Zach. <laughs> and Zach didn't know anything about live streaming court right. meetings. He knows a way. lot now. Yeah. You're now doing two and a half hour concerts live stream. Yeah. yeah. I, I've, uh, and, and if you would have seen how we were pulling it off at first versus what it looks like now, it's totally different. But, but you know, that was part of... You know, even somebody like me, it's like, you know, I have a wealth of knowledge over here in some of this technology, mm-hmm. camera, audio stuff, sure. you know, but Eric saying, hey, we want to live stream these court meetings. <laughs> okay. Uh, when's the first, when was the first meeting? January 9th or whatever it was. We want to yeah. live stream it. We were live streaming the very first court meeting. And, and we have been uh, ever since. And yeah. we have been ever since. And as, and like Courtney, you know, yeah, you're new in your role. Your, your board's new. Yeah. In your yeah. Role. yeah. You know, and that's the thing that yeah. I go back to, and it, it did cause a lot of controversy, rightfully or wrongfully. I'm not going to get into that. But beforehand, I'm not going to say that nothing was happening with tourism in Ashland, Boy County, but if it happened, it was in within the city limits, and usually it had to be on Winchester Avenue. Mm-hmm. Now... That was why Judge Cheney made the decision to split. And it was actually after six months of discussions to try to not... We wanted to make this one whole thing. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out. That's fine. But it's made... It's working now. It's working now. <laughs> because guess what? It's not just you that's thriving. Yeah. Visit AKY. They're, they've completely rebranded. They have mm-hmm. completely changed their content. They're, con- they're putting out content. Mm-hmm. I mean, there like is a huge... 
like we're pushing each other because one person wasn't afraid to make a move. And I can't tell you, and I won't go into details, but there was meetings that I was in with Judge Cheney when that happened that told us that you don't understand the political weight of what you're getting ready to do. Mm-hmm. There are there are followers, so to speak, of people attached to this that that you'll be ruined politically. And I won't repeat verbatim what Judge Cheney said, but I'll just say he expressed that he didn't really care. <laughs> and that's a nice way of putting in it. In a very nice way. That, yeah, he, that was he, the he PC version. He did not version. say, well, whoopee wiener, but that's what he was thinking. So. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's like, that's that's the kind of stuff like with our page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, first off, we have pages. We have lots of pages. We have you know? pages on pages on pages. But here's the thing. It's just I get, a way I get for, the notifications for every single one yeah. of them. Yeah, guys, same. So. <laughs> but we, that's the thing is we did, we literally are starting we were where we did start mm-hmm. at a blank canvas essentially like my predecessor had so many other things that was put on top of them as expectations there's no way that they can do the role of economic development and no way no there's no way it was every single thing they were the catch-all which justin probably can relate to a little bit on that we create a new position which is me. Right. <laughs> because, I mean, it's unreal. And that's why stuff didn't get done. Right. Because you cannot operate like that. No. And so we started here. And the thing that I hate, I hate this quote, but it's so true sometimes. Mark Twain said that if the world was ever going to end, he was going to go to Kentucky because everything happened 10 years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Boy County feels like that's mm-hmm. 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. And I feel like a lot of the stuff that we've done collectively, this isn't me or any, you know, right. one of us, but we're doing stuff and we're trying to do things. It's like the business profiles. Who on earth would have thought that the government would provide a business profile, which essentially is a commercial, mm-hmm. for a business free of charge? Just as a way to, turn, to, t- to show people mm-hmm. this business. And that's the one thing, Zach, they can say a lot of things about you, but you make some mundane things look pretty cool. Yeah. You know? And that just, that is, it's all about community outreach. It's, it's about being creative. It's about being unique. It's, it's all these other, you can pick whatever adjective you want. But the biggest thing is, is just not falling into the trap of we've always done it this way. And I think that that's really kind of what's got us all to this point. Mm-hmm. Truly, you know, uh, I keep thinking about what you what you referenced a good bit, good few minutes ago. I'm looking at the, the timer. I think it was 23 minutes ago. You talked about <laughs> uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, which I've read a couple. Yeah. Of, I've read his book, Jab Jab Jab, Right Hook. Yeah. Hey, if you are looking to increase your social media presence and game, get that book. It's incredible. Um, but uh, what you said about him archiving this stuff for people in the future to see, you know, we are doing what we can and, you know, we have a limited time. You know, Eric was only guaranteed four years in here. And so we have four years to, to make moves, see what we can do. We know that we're doing a lot. And if somebody ever questions it, they can go back to any of the however many pages that we have for our different, you know, right. subsidiaries here we have. And, and, 
see the content, see the events, see what has gone on. And, and I love that we're documenting these things as small as it is. That little 55-second video showing the movie night. Mm-hmm. There are people who saw that who got tickets to the next movie nights because they're like, wow, this thing's pretty cool and, and signed up for that. I love that we're doing it. And, you know, I, you know, I am a pastor. Um, and so it, there's a great theologian um, named Yoda who said, you know, <laughs> do or do not. There is no try. And we're not trying stuff. You know, we are, but we're just, we're doing it. You know, we're getting out there. We're trying to make things happen. Um, and it's great to be in a place where we have leadership who will say, Hey, that's awesome. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Just make it happen. Yep. Well, and that's government is, is notorious for if they get a good idea, it's okay. We'll, we'll, let's put a committee together and let's, um, plan for six months. The, yeah, let's have the committee meet for let's say three months. Pops, yeah, 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 I mean, you know, and then like let's come back and report on it. Okay, well, let's do a feasibility mm-hmm. study. Um, I can't. I, I just can't operate that way. And I'm not saying that we haven't and won't fall on our face because of it. Mm-hmm. But I would much rather. It's so much quicker to pick yourself up after falling on your face and moving on to the next idea than it is to try to plan one and see. Because here's the thing. You can take six to eight months to plan something, and it still blow up in your face. Exactly. But at least this way, if it blows up in our face, it was quick enough we can just move to the next thing. Well, I think, Lord, that's been probably our biggest fight. It's it's not necessarily the culture change, because I think that's happening, but it's fighting against how government's designed. It's so slow. And we don't want to go slow. We want to go. We want to go now. And... I love that we have the opportunity to throw things against the wall. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, we've mentioned it before, but I'll give you two examples here. Like, the first example was the hayride. We all got together. We put on the hayride. It was a big success. Two months later, we tried to do Christmas in the park. We didn't have a tenth of the people show up to it. Mm-hmm. But for the group of people that came and for the elementary schools that participated in decorating our shelter house at Armco Park, they had a blast. Santa was there, and we had hot chocolate, and it was low-key. It was yeah. cold. You know, mm-hmm. we put it together. You know, we learned from that. But I'm not going to sit and say it was a failure. It was just two different, you know, you got to try stuff. You got to see if it works. And sometimes it's not going to work like you think, but at least you try. And I think that's always been the, you know, the previous two administrations that I worked for. It's like you just you cut the grass, and you you didn't do anything. Yeah. You just did as little as you could, and you tried to, you just didn't do anything. And you, and you want to think it's great is a lot of that stuff that we tried, we were kind of getting our feet wet in yeah. 2019. Mm-hmm. We had all of 2019 to try to figure some stuff out. Yeah. Uh, Courtney got hired out of a, I don't know, you all know how many. There was a, a bunch of people. 34? Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. And there were some good, good candidates, oh. uh, you know, that applied Very for good. your job. And so then we, we get Courtney on board yeah. in, January in January, 2020. Uh, January 2020. Mm-hmm. She's got two months to get stuff going. COVID hits. Yeah. But I think everything that we tried, throwing stuff against the wall, not waiting around, but trying to make stuff happen in mm-hmm. 2019, it has helped us in 2020 be creative. Look at the things that we've been able to pull off. Mm-hmm. I mean... You can't get on. You can't get on a local government page and not see stuff getting canceled all the stinking time. Yeah. And um, I'm proud of what this team has been able to accomplish: planning events, getting stuff going. I mean, there's more stuff coming down the pike. Um, 
Courtney had the idea for live stream concerts. The very first one, it was Josh Brown <laughs> sitting on my front porch because yeah. uh, the internet where we were going to mm-hmm. film was not going to work. So right. we literally sat on my front porch <laughs> and live streamed this thing yep. and it had a good turnout. Then the next week, it, it got a little bit better. Yep. The next week, it got a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And, and we it, found it, a home location. You know. We found a home location and it grew. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I think it's helped us you know, thrive through this COVID mess a little bit more. I'm excited to see when we're able to get back to some sort of normalcy, uh, hopefully COVID dies down. Uh, I'm excited to see what we can do when we are able to do stuff without all of the restrictions and and stipulations. Think about like what we were doing at the center with Jason Levins. Yeah. Think about all the people that were watching him perform. Yeah. They were set up in the middle of the convention center. We were closed Mm because we couldn't have events, but we, we went there and just created. He had, had fun. He was having over 200 people. Yeah. Or some, 250 people. Yeah. Watching live, sharing. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Well, I think that the biggest problem through COVID, well, not the biggest problem, I shouldn't say that's a pandemic, but one of the problems in through COVID that I feel like has came, it always gets put to the back burner, is it's events and it's let's cancel the event because it's the smart thing to do. And it's always a government or organizational body that is, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. They never think about, or at least it seems like in some regard, they never think about what the event's for. Right. Concerts, sure, you want to make money, but that's for people to be entertained. Yeah. Trigger or treat is for kids to have fun. Mm-hmm. All these things are... Every time that you cancel an event or decide not to have an event or whatever it is, there are people who are being affected by it. And I think that that's what's been completely different with us is it doesn't matter what the situation is. The people are at our root cause of what we do. Perfect example is the movie nights. We could have charged for the movie nights. Sure. Five bucks a car, even or something, yeah, right. even mm-hmm. minuscule, whatever it was. It's no, worth, it's worth so much more than that. Right, it's worth the community. It, this has been one of the worst years to be a kid, and the reason yeah. I say that <laughs> yeah. is because I've it. witnessed it. Yeah, quarantine was one of the scariest things that I ever went through, and I'm not talking about because I was afraid I was going to get COVID. Yeah, it was seeing mental health issues mm-hmm. arise in small kids who were not around their their friends yeah. or their families. Yeah. yeah, with their older family members. And kids need that social kids need social interaction. They need stuff to do. So the reason we didn't charge for a movie was because we don't. That's one less thing for family to worry about. And, you know, we couldn't do the food truck festival that we wanted to do. But, you know, Cordy kind of modified it. So we've had a different food truck every week. And they they didn't get to do anything this summer. A lot of those businesses, that's how they make their living. Right. Right. And, you know, like last week, I don't know if you heard, Zach, but we had the fair for Monsters, Inc., and Mm -hmm. they were slammed. Yeah. They sold hot dogs and chips and cotton candy and popcorn. (laughs) I went to Ellen after the event. I noticed all night. I mean, there's people buying hot dogs and the credits were rolling. They were still buying food. Wow. And I was like, how'd you do? She goes, I sold 80 bags of cotton candy. I was like, geez, yeah. you know, I wouldn't expect that. But they didn't get to have the fair. Right. They, they did a fundraiser at the center for a, a vendor fair, a craft fair, and then we had them out at the movie night, and that helped. I'm not sure how much it helped, but it helped. Yeah. But it helped. It, like, that's the thing. Like, with the Trigger Treat, for example, which the results will be out by the time that this is uh, this airs. Yeah. We could have easily 
just said, hey, we're not going to have trick-or-treat this year. Mm-hmm. Or even further, we could have been like, okay, we're going to have trick-or-treat, but you're going to have to do it on this date. It's going to have to be this or whatever. But we did what we feel like was a lot better of an option. Mm-hmm. Hey, families who actually are taking kids trick-or-treating, yeah. instead of some government officials sitting up here in a government building, yeah. tell us what day you want it. We had over 520-some people participate yeah. in that right. survey. Is that everybody that's going to trick-or-treat? No. no. Is everybody going to agree? No. But guess what? 500 people at least had mm-hmm. their voices heard. And that's because at the end of the day, we're, we're here to serve people. Well, you said it. Option. You give them an option to go. You also give them an option to stay home. Right. If they're not right. comfortable with going out, there's people that are not, and that's fine. And I totally respect that, and they can stay home. But we can't stop because for that we got to go. We got to, you know, kids need to get out. They need to. Trick or treating's awesome. It's fun. Yeah. So well, no, there's got to be a point where you have to outweigh. Or you have to weigh the damage that's caused mm-hmm. by doing something or not doing something, right. and afraid of something else that would a negative outcome. Yeah. I get it. COVID is 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 a real thing. Mm-hmm. It is scary. People die. It is not. It's not fake. It's not a hoax. Right. However, neither is domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. Neither is child abuse. Neither mm-hmm. is suicide. Right. Neither is drug abuse. Neither is any of these things that arise from when we basically create a culture of hermits that are mandated by people who believe themselves to be kings mm-hmm. in state capitals and even Washington, D.C. Right. So you are you hit the nail on the head. When we do an event, and I, we've had people complain, but we've also had people complain when we lower taxes. But um, Go figure on that one. <laughs> when we have an event and you don't feel like that we should have done it, don't come. Don't come. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um, no hard feelings. You have a choice mm-hmm. to stay at home just as much as you have a choice to come. Right. Um, so... I feel like we went on quite a bit How of a rant. How long have we gone, the by yeah. the way? <laughs> we're, we're about an hour and five minutes in or so. Yeah, that's pretty good. Not yeah. bad. That's pretty good. Not bad. But, you know, this week we just kind of wanted to talk. And, you know, y'all been listening to us every week, which we appreciate. But I would say most of the people that listen don't know who we Too are. Too much about us. Right. And, you know, and a lot of, you know, a lot of the work that we do, it's not about us. And I'm good with that. And it's about pushing things forward and making things work. But, you know, we thought it'd be fun to get together and just talk. And, you know, you all get to kind of hear the conversations that we have every day. You know, we don't sit around the table and talk about our history and stuff. And, but, you know, you probably heard my belly growl on this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm I not the only one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. I guess next, tune in next week for TJ's belly yeah, growl. that's right. Um, um, should we end with, like, since we all grew up here, like a favorite childhood memory growing up in the county. Something fun. You got something to start us off. <laughs> I just love personally growing up. So I went to Calitzburg Elementary, had a few friends that grew up on Oakland Avenue. So staying the night with them and playing spotlight tag up and down the street is just always, you know, I feel like that was just something common. And 
I miss the stockyards. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would always go hang out at the stockyards. I wasn't supposed to, so I'd sneak and duck every time, you know, mm-hmm. in stalls that I thought I'd see uh, a family member's car going by. But <laughs> <laughs> it was fun just running around. I ran around Calitzburg a lot growing up, so yeah. I have a lot of good memories well, here. I was a Ponderosa kid. Yeah. So I lived out real close to Phantom Park, and that's where I played baseball for from the time I was five till I was 12, I played there and went through the whole, every league they had, you know, mm-hmm. played there every weekend through the summer, spent a lot of time at that park. Um, really enjoyed that time of my life. I, mean, I, I loved Ponderosa as a school. Mm-hmm. I think that it was a great school. I know people would, everybody's got their own personal favorite, you know, you're a Calixburg kid. And, bird girl. My brother went to Ponderosa. Yeah, I just, I love playing at that park. And it's kind of a cool, like, full circle moment for me now to kind of work on that park and yeah. help with that so that's definitely something that i enjoy next well i'd say that mine's probably pretty similar i mean i i grew up playing baseball i mean justin played in the same league out there for a while i'd say my favorite thing like if i could just boil it down to to one thing was probably going to crisp after a baseball win. Mm-hmm. My first job. There was, was really? Yeah. There was there was nothing more innocent than going and getting an ice cream cone and going sitting on the hill with yep. your buddies, mm-hmm. still in your tiles. cleats and your uniform. <laughs> oh yeah. Just literally couldn't care less about anything else in the world but that baseball game you just played and that ice cream cone you were eating. <laughs> Uh, or Blizzard or whatever. Um, that was that's probably like one of my shining things that I remember. I mean, we had a, we have a great community and yeah. a lot of community mm-hmm. history, and I got to see a lot of cool stuff. But I just that's one thing that sticks out to me. Well, and I'm glad they're still around. You know? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Chris. And I, and I feel like they'll be around. I know it got a little tough there during pandemic. People right. not working and stuff. But oh, I've. I've spent many nights on that hill eating ice cream, <laughs> having it all over my uniform. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I, you know, I I was a Calixburg kid as well. What up? What up? Wildcats. C-A-T-L-E-T-T-S-B-U-R-G. Wildcats. And we are the best. Oh, yes. I still say it anytime I'm spelling it. Yeah. I think anybody from Calixburg, when they need to write it out, you know, it's like on an official document form, your mouth under there, C-A-T-L-E-T-T-S-B-U. But, you know, this time of year, uh, brings back all kinds of warm fuzzies mm-hmm. uh, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, you know, uh, I always think back. I don't even know where the house is. It's somewhere off Boy Scout Road. Go out there and get lost somewhere. I still drive that way, especially in the fall, uh, some of those back mm-hmm. roads, because I love all the leaves on the ground mm-hmm. and the colors that are that are starting to change, even this tree right outside. And there's a lot of color happening already. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I think back to uh, a late October, I was at a friend's house and his mom had hot apple cider Mm. and they had like the old school kind of like mountain cabin type of a house. And I remember like sitting in his living room, like looking out and it was was such an old man moment, you know, because I was probably like, you know, (laughs) 14 or 15 or something (laughs) and thinking, man, this is just awesome you know just that that vibe and so this time of year i I start to to relive like football friday nights when the air starts getting cooler you know and um daylight savings times in a 
should be coming up soon, you know, so it's going to be dark at five o'clock, you know, <laughs> um, I always enjoyed that time of year, like the cooler weather and all that's the hot apple cider, seeing the leaves change. And, and even today when I drive back, uh, to, to my house, I will probably take the weird detour roads that I always take this time of year yeah. just to start seeing the leaves change. And so I, I love that this time of year around here. The new complex at the high school is amazing, but I was kind of stressed out, like, the middle schoolers don't have the hill to hang out on during the football game. Like, <laughs> where are they going to hang out? At? That's true. They can't mingle with the high school. Well, don't worry. If they have a sibling that plays youth football, they get to hang out on the hill. Just trust me, I get to see it every Saturday. <laughs> it's funny you said that, Zach, because I was thinking really young, but like one of the my favorite memories, and Pruitt was actually part of a bunch of them, was when we were in high school. You know, we were we weren't. I don't know how to, I don't really want to say this in a bad way, but we were, we weren't bad kids. So we didn't have curfews and me and him didn't. Yeah. So one of the things that like, it was funny is because we didn't have curfews. A lot of times we'd end up at the same place or we'd be with each other. Yeah. (laughs) But one of the, like, that was one thing looking back all the time was going to like on a Friday night after a football game, going to, you know, to a buddy's house and hanging out around a fire yep. with probably way too many pallets that we were burning. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then ending up at Rosie's mm-hmm. and seeing who was at Rosie's, you know, yeah. at three in the morning. I mean, and it was, yeah, were we out later than we sh- should have been? Yeah. But, I mean, it was innocent fun, just having, nothing, you know, no care in the world and just enjoying the people yeah. that you were with. Well, a lot of the times after the football game, they ended up at my house. Mm-hmm. And I had the pool out back, and I had the apartment above the garage. And, like, we would start there, and I let everybody come over. I was a senior class president, and I'm like, I'm not going to be a jerk. Like, the freshmen could come over if they wanted to. And I remember, like, the freshmen, like, sneak behind the fence. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, you ain't got to hide. Come on. You know, it's cool. And there will be a lot of times I would leave, and I would leave those people there. And Muggs, my buddy Muggs, he would go up to my room and fall asleep. And I ended up running to TJ and Biggs and whoever, and we'd be at Rosie's till 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. And then I'd come home, and I'd wake Muggs up and tell him to go home. <laughs> and he'd go to his house in Calixburg, and then I'd go to bed. I mean, I did that every Friday night, it felt like. Mm-hmm. So, and all I had to do was let Mom and Dad know, you know. <laughs> that was kind of the... And you had TJ around. Yeah. Who... Had a really nice blue corduroy FFA jacket, so right. we know that he he yeah. was a good leader and responsible, right? right. Well, I had one too. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, gonna was, say. See, yeah, yeah. See? yeah. yeah so I should I should have said yeah. that when we were at the story. Actually, the at go. the state convention when I got elected, me and Justin, they actually I was in the interview room and they had to come and pull me out because Justin was on the stage waiting for me. We actually performed. Uh, I was rhythm guitar. I do not sing by any means. Justin was our singer. <laughs> but um, we we were in the state talent show. Yeah, we won uh, regional. What'd you yeah. sing? Santa Monica by Theory of a Dead Man. <laughs> oh, come on, there you go. <laughs> and then we did a second song. We ended up doing a big and rich song, which was random. But TJ brought it to me, and we did it. It was a live this life. It's kind of like this. Yeah, kind of this. Uh, I don't know. Almost. It was It was never a single. No, it was just an album cover. It an album. But it, was kind of, it had a good message in the song. We yeah. had to do two at state. We sang one at regional and two at state. I'm disappointed you two didn't do it. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. And we should have. <laughs> I guess we probably right. won for FFA because we, 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 we didn't win state. But I remember mm-hmm. I had a, I had won the regional greenhouse speech 
thing. So I went on to state to talk about greenhouse stuff. And it was literally two minutes before I had to be on stage. And I got up there and I spoke for like 30 seconds. I said, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really prepare for this. I've got to go <laughs> sing, so I'm going to go. And I left. Because you were supposed to talk like five minutes about greenhouse stuff. And I was like... And you like, can't... And what's a terribly <laughs> ironic point of this is the woman that I ended up marrying the next year came in second at the State of FA Talent Contest. True. So you, do you remind her of that? <laughs> oh, yeah. She reminds me of that. But <laughs> I, I right. Also, like when, you know... Because I'll be like, I'm a state officer. I was a state officer. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, I came second in state. And I was like, it wasn't first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our senior year, TJ was our... Just kidding, Shelby. Don't kill me. chapter president. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but TJ was the chapter president our senior year. I was the sentinel, which was stationed by the door, yeah. for the people that don't know. And then I was also <laughs> the class president. So I had... I was pretty busy. You were a senior. bouncer? I was pretty much. <laughs> then to even add another level of irony, when I got elected to state office, I was the state sentinel. Right. So, But he was actually a, what was it called, TJ, a congressional officer? How constitutional. Constitutional officer. Yeah. Because they have vice presidents for all the regions. So everybody is um, picked. Like, everybody is represented. Yeah. So the state, like... The state offices ran the same way that a chapter office is with your president, vice president, treasurer, reporter, and sentinel. Mm-hmm. And and um, I was one of the, I was lucky enough to not only be in the top. There was eleven at the time. They've mm-hmm. changed it now, but I was not just the top eleven. I was the top six. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. Well, Courtney and I have decided before next week's episode, you guys uh, need to prepare to bring your blue corduroy jackets yeah. to wear them for yeah. next week's recording. We'll take a picture. Them. I could wear them with socks now. I don't think I could wear them. As a <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I've got three yeah. and none of them fit. Right. So. I still have. I, the first time on a national convention, I left mine in the hotel in Indianapolis and they had to ship oh, it home. Man. <laughs> I got it back, but I was like, tack on it. Yeah. So, I want to get mine framed. I have my chapter jacket, and my, yeah. my regional jacket, and then my state jacket, but. It was a fun time. It really was. That's awesome. We, uh, real quick before we go, it's just too funny of a story. Every year there was FFA week, and we had competitions through the week of different things. And one of the biggest co- competitions being a county school was the muddy truck contest. <laughs> so everybody took their truck out in mud and got it filthy and brought it to school out in the parking lot. We'd go out and vote on it. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to compete my junior year, but I, was on, I wasn't old enough to drive. Cause I was the youngest, one of the youngest guys in the class. So I took a bicycle <laughs> and went got it completely <laughs> no. muddy and rode it to school. Somebody picked me up and dropped no. me off at the top of the hill, and I rode in with my muddy <laughs> bicycle. And I parked it, and I won uh, the other <laughs> <laughs> the other category. So and I never did get that bike back. I don't even know what happened to it. But that is hilarious. Yeah, you know, one awesome. of my fa- it was funny. People got so into that. I remember Stephen Meeks. Mm-hmm. I think he had a car, <laughs> yeah. and he couldn't go mudding. So what he did was he parked it as close as he could to the mud hole and got on a four-wheeler and literally just covered this car <laughs> mm-hmm. in mud. And, I mean, it, it, you couldn't even tell what color the paint was. Yeah, you could awesome. I remember that. That is hilarious. So, well, we went long enough tonight. Reminiscing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to probably do this uh periodically as we go through here just having conversations maybe not necessarily just like we had today but as a way to kind of break up the monotony of having guest after guest right um but this is just a way for you all to understand where we're coming from who we are uh and what what drives our passion we're all boy countyans every one of us grew up here 
Uh, and the thing that I think is the, the biggest takeaway is we found a way back. And most of us um, either chose or fought to get back here. A lot of people like to say that you can't stay in your, you can't make a difference in your hometown. You have to move away. Well, we're four examples of that's not true. So remember that. And as always, if there's something that you want us to talk about that you haven't heard uh, us cover yet, or just any kind of direction you want to see the podcast go in or feedback and tell us that this was a terrible episode or a great episode, <laughs> whatever it is, find us, uh, send us an email at uh, betterboypodcast at gmail.com or find us on any of our Facebook pages. Uh, I hope that you enjoy the show today and you get a better picture of why we are working every day uh, to make a better tomorrow together right here in Boy County.